Take it away, Derek. What's your question? Why do you guys talk about comics so much? Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? 18 years. <laughs> Toothbrush is still fresh. <laughs> Did they have sex? Because, I mean, she Hulk, you know. Damn it, Tony. We went an entire episode without mentioning Maggot, and then you ruined it. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read him? Batman's got his little fishbowl on his head, but <laughs> Superman doesn't. Cyclops was right. Except when he was wrong. Master Bruce, you are calm. I'm going to silently judge all of you. Shut up, beast. Shut up. <laughs> like, I've read it so many times, you know, it pretty much just crumbled in my hands. Come on, old chum. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? See, I didn't hate Hellcat until you made me read this miniseries. It was just a joke, but you made it real, Justin. No. You made it real. I, I prefer my Dazzler singing, like, Creed and Clearwater Revival songs at Australian bars. Titty discs in it. That's what to be known as from now on. Like, I'm going to go into the Marvel Wikipedia and whatever it is. <laughs> get better than that. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? Hey guys, welcome back to another machinerific, wartastic episode of Fanholes Comics. Motherfucker, do you read them? Hey, what's up, guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your hosts tonight, but I am not alone. I am here with my partner in crime. Why don't you give a shout out and let everybody know who's here tonight? Hey, it's Mike. Boom. You looking for this? Boom. Are you looking? Why do I even talk to you guys? Everywhere else that story kills. That's the whole story? Yeah, it's a war machine story. Oh, this is very good then. <laughs> it's impressive. Quality saves. Yeah, so I think, I think partially why we're doing this is even though, even though I don't do them anymore, uh, I think, I think Mike was kind of thinking like there's that whole Disney Plus Armor Wars TV show coming out, which apparently the main character is going to be James Brody Rhodes War Machine, and he wanted to discuss some of the late aughts, uh, we'll call it, uh, War Machine series and or titles, and I, you know, I, I kind of remember reading those as they were coming out. So I said, fine, let's talk about them. Um, but I, I'll let Mike explain a little more in detail what exactly it is we're covering and sort of why we're covering it. But this is even more of a tie-in than I initially thought, because I guess they said Don Cheadle's going to show up in that secret invasion. I, I wondered, uh, I wondered too, about yeah, that. So. Yeah, I wondered about that. So, yeah, but, uh, yeah, like, we're, we're talking about, like Derek said, yeah, the, the sort of late aughts run of War Machine, um, like, it kind of spins out of uh, Avengers The Initiative, where he was, like, a, a supporting character for, you know, a, a number of years, and then, like, at some point, you'd see, you saw that, like, Rhodey had, had become some kind of cyborg, and they never really, like, like elaborated on that, and then... Uh, spinning out of Secret Invasion, yeah, they they did a three issue run at the end of the uh, Iron Man uh, Director of Shield uh, uh, ongoing series, where they you know kind of retitled it uh, War Machine Weapon of Shield and like had a you know w like Rhodey solo adventure in those three issues, and um, 
Uh, from there, it, it spun off into a 12-issue uh, it was probably intended to be an ongoing, but as you like, you know, most stuff in the late aughts onward gets canceled after 12 issues. If your name isn't, you know, Spider-Man, Wolverine or, you know, event, any combination of events in the title now. So 12 issue series written by Greg Pax. And uh, but uh, yeah, like I, I pretty much enjoyed like all this stuff. And it, it's probably I, I was thinking about it and I was like, it's probably the last time I really like really enjoyed like a war machine like kind of story or a story where he was you know one of if not the main character in it like he he's had two other ongoings since then and i didn't really like either of them uh i think in like 2000 and when he was one of the secret avengers he had that uh Iron Man mm, okay. 2.0 ongoing that i that i don't think that even lasted like 10 issues and then um he had another uh, iron patriot like ongoing that only lasted like five issues like a few years later you know, you know what i was looking into because because i and i i don't know what your thoughts are on this but i i because I, I i forgot about like how they i don't know retroactively revealed his disfigurement or whatever you want to call it and so I was sitting there going, did I miss something? Like, when did this actually happen? And then, you know, I, I kind of realized what you had said, that it was all sort of revealed in the initiative. But, you know, they, they retroactively tell you exactly what happens in the context of some of the, the series we're about to discuss tonight. But one of the series that I had forgotten about was um, Lopresti drew a, uh, what was it? It was like... Uh, sentinel squad one or something like that and oh yeah he yeah was, he was like what you know he was like one of the main like i guess uh you know i don't know lieutenants in that or, or whatever right and so i was like oh yeah i remember this too like so it was like i was just it's funny how many war machine or roadie type series there are but they're they're uh, like you were saying they're they're iron man 2.0 you know like director of shield turns into weapon of shield you know like those type of things where it's not you know sometimes it's not always branded as i guess as war machine right which is interesting. yeah and i, I think that iron patriot series came out like right around the time iron man 3 came out right, obviously because right, right. he was the iron patriot in that movie but yeah, but I, I guess, you know, Rhodey just can't carry a title on his own for very long anymore. Like, I mean, well, I mean, you know, the one in the 90s only lasted, what, like 20-something issues. So, yeah, like, I, I uh, mean, uh, according to according to myth and lore, you know, Thunderstrike and War Machine were outselling Thor and Iron Man at that point, right? Like, so, I mean, they, they must have been doing good for a while, but... Yeah, I mean, I guess like you're saying, if it's if it's something else, they they treat it like these little mini arcs or seasons, and and you, you yeah have what you have, you know. I know, like yeah, Tom. I think it's Tom DeFalco who always tells that story, and he's always like, you know, the logic was that if they canceled Thunderstrike and War Machine, those sales would like automatically translate to Iron Man and Thor, but like that's not how it works, basically. But hmm. but but yeah, but uh. But in whatever case, yeah, like, so, like I said, that there's a three-issue uh, arc that uh, closes off that, that Iron Man uh, Director of S.H.I.E.L.D. book, uh, and then um, there's, a, there's, like, one little preview story in that Dark Rain one-shot that, like, kind of sets up the Greg Pax uh, series, and, 
and yeah, there's the 12 issues of the Greg Pak series. So I figure, you know, we'll split it up into three segments. Like we'll we'll talk about the Secret Invasion tie-in arc, then the uh, you know the preview story in the first arc of the Greg Pak series, and then the last arc of the Greg Pak series. So yeah, but uh, like I guess if you wanna like you know I, I think we've probably talked about you know James Rhodes in in particular like at some length on this show before. But, you know, I've always been a fan of him. Like, I've always, you know, uh, he is, you know, like, I used to pick up the War Machine book when I was a kid in, like, the 90s. I thought it was super awesome. I mean, it's an it's a cool, like, black-suited Iron Man with a bunch of guns on him. I mean, it's super cool. And, uh, you know, I, I've always enjoyed his relationship with Tony. And, like, I, I feel like it's, it's always a little better when there's some kind of friction between them, like, like, I, like as the 90s series kind of started off where they were kind of at odds for a while. And then this series, I mean, there's not so much friction between them as, but there is like, like something like sort of, uh, like grading between them. Like, and that's kind of like, you know, roadies kind of injuries and, you know, uh, he's kind of dependent on like this, the armor to, as a life support system now. So he's kind of, you know, there's, there's, there's more to it than just, you know, here's a, here's a James Rhodes story. And like, uh, that's it. Like basically there's a, there's a catch, there's a spin on it. But, uh, but yeah, the secret invasion arc, uh, I've got the the three trades right here. So I'm just going to read the back like trade dress to give you like, you know, instead of, uh, you know, writing up a detailed summary or whatever, but, uh, War Machine, uh, Weapon of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, 33 through 35, uh, written by Christos Gage and illustrated by Sean Chen. Um, and the back cover says, Who do you trust? The Skrulls have infected Iron Man with an alien virus that renders his armor and technology useless. Who will rise to defend Earth against the attacking shapeshifters? With Tony Stark down for the count, it's time to say hello to the one-man army war machine, Weapon of S.H.I.E.L.D. But can a single hero, even one as well-armed as James Rhodes, stand alone against a worldwide invasion? Witness an exciting new chapter in both Tony and Rhodey's history that paves the way for an all-new War Machine series. So yeah, like they had Christos Gage and, you know, Sean Chen do this like three like issue sort of taster arc of what like a new War Machine ongoing would kind of be like. And, you know, it's obviously a tie-in to Secret Invasion too. So he's, you know, he's right in the smack dab the middle of it. Um, I remember like, I was a little annoyed because I was reading Avengers the Initiative at this time. And like it was kind of like, you know, you, you see this the, the very first scene of this comic, like in Avengers Initiative, where it's like, you know, War Machine talks with Yellow Jacket, who is like secretly a scroll. And like, you know, he gets the secret message from Tony Stark, like activated when like Tony Stark's like Stark tech goes down. And then like he flies, he's like, oh, I have to go like, bye. Like, and, you know, in the initiative, it's like follow War Machine's adventures and, you know, War Machine Weapon of Shield, uh, 33 through 35. So I was kind of annoyed because he was one of my, you know, he's one of my favorite characters. So I was like, oh, man, he's leaving this book. Like, he's probably never coming back too, like, because that's just the way it goes. But. But I mean, I, I picked up these issues and like I enjoyed them. Like I, I've always liked uh, Sean Chen's art. Like you know, he wrote, like, he drew some of that, like you know, Kurt Busiek run on Iron Man in the '90s. So like that's kind of where I remember him from. But uh, like I don't know, what, did you read this like in the wild, yeah, or did you have to track no, this down? I, or? I mean, I, I got to be honest. I'm I'm probably I'm probably going to be uh, unplugged tonight, very unfiltered. 
So get ready, people. But this was when I was like out of work, man. I, I, I wasn't doing shit. So I would I would download those zero day things and I would just read every fucking thing. So so like this this was right in the heyday of that because because I was I, I, I you know, I was going back to school. I didn't have a job and all that kind of stuff. And so I would just download those zero day torrents or whatever the fuck, you know, was coming out and I would just read every fucking thing. And I remember reading this um, and you know the the I think this arc is probably I want to preface myself, but like because it's not like I'm not going to be critical about certain things. But I think I think this arc is the most enjoyable. I think it's the one I can be the least critical about. Um, the art is really good. I like Sean Chen. I mean, you know, obviously, like you said. He's got a long history in comics, like, you know, uh, you know, whether it's Iron Man or I, the, the last thing I could think of that comes to my mind for some reason is Salvation Run. But like there's a bunch of, you know, he's worked on tons of stuff in uh, in, in comics. Right. So so he's obviously well experienced at conveying the the action and the kind of excitement that's needed in in an invasion issue like this. This is part of a tie-in, but it also kind of works, you know, where you're you're following just the like you said, the, it's kind of like spinning out of that sequence from Avengers the Initiative, you know, and then and then you're finding out specifically what happens with I don't know, secret mission is for for Rhodey and everything. Once, uh, once all the Stark tech goes down and stuff like that. And I guess he's put in this unique position. I mean, it's, it's interesting what you said about him and Tony that, that their relationship works better when there's some kind of beef between them. But I guess, I guess in this, to, to me, it's, it's more about maybe it works when there's history, right? Like, like, I mean, the, the whole point of, of Rhodey when he was introduced is they had history in Vietnam together, right? And then, of course, with the sliding time scale, that all gets retconned to a bunch of other stuff or whatever, right? But pr- probably, I, m- maybe, and this is me probably putting words in your mouth, but maybe, maybe what works the best about Tony and Rhodey like their relationship is not so much, they they don't have to be mad at each other all the time or they don't have to hate each other's guts, even though you may find when, when it reaches its Zenith to be the most entertaining character dynamic between the two of them for you. But I think it works as long as there's a sense of history and dude getting blown to smithereens and being held together by cyborg tech that Tony Stark whips up. I mean, that's, if that's not history, then I don't know what the fuck is, right? Like, like they, they have a strong sense of history. And, and the reason why he, he sets him up with this stuff is because he trusts him, right? He's like, dude, this is like, if Star Tech goes down, then that means like something really fucking bad has gone down. And that means you can't trust anybody, right? And it's supposed to be like, you know, who do you trust? Everybody's a scroll you know, that you got to be on your guard and all that kind of stuff. And he's deciding like, well, they're not going to, they're not going to get Rhodey and Rhodey's the one who's going to have to, you know, look into this. And he's basically like off the grid because his armor doesn't really use the Stark tech, right? It's all this antiquated uh, Obadiah stain stuff that puts him off the grid. And because of his cyborg tech, it's all, you know, it's, it's, it's something that makes him uniquely qualified to be the, the hero and or protagonist in this story. So that all kind of, you know, makes a, makes a lot of logical sense to me. And I think really works within the, the context of the story. I think, you know, 
the 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 thing that works exceptionally for me about this arc is the scrolls are alien invaders. We we have no preconceived notions, you know, like I mean, I guess you can apply whatever whatever real world comparisons you want to make, but in the context of this story, they're the fucking space invaders and Rhodey is the fucking you know, ship doing the pew, 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 you know, like that's for me, what, what works exceptionally about this three issue arc, because it's Rhodey fighting scrolls. And if Rhodey blows up a ship full of scrolls, nobody's sitting there going, Oh, you know, you know, what about the morality? Woe is me and all this other kind of stuff. And there's no, to, to me, at least in this three issue arc, it's very easy to, enjoy it on that level where you're not applying a lot of uh, real world politics and or you know current day kind of analogies to it it's just kind of like it's an it's an alien invasion story dude's got a shit ton of weapons he's doing cool stuff where he turns satellites into you know gigantic mech suits and fighting with guys and and when they do touch on like certain things like I, I think the thing that works for me the most, um, and this is me being unplugged or whatever, so get get your angry emails ready. But you know, the the thing that that works for me the best about this is in the second chapter of it. There's a sequence where they show a bunch of white kids beating the shit out of Rhodey, saying, you know, you want to stay healthy, brother. You better keep to your own kind, basically, right? And and it's him getting beat up by that group. But the page immediately after is a bunch of black gang thugs going, what's up, bro? You too good for us? And they beat the shit out of Rhodey, and they're flipping cigarette butts in his face and everything like that. And the point of that is to show the character's resilience that that he's... No matter who tries to beat him down, whether it's the fucking Mandarin, or whether it's these stupid fucking scrolls, or whoever, you know, whether it's whether it's a bunch of, you know, black thug gang guys, or whether it's a bunch of fucking racist white assholes... It doesn't matter. Like, like it, it's supposed to show his resilience to it, and it doesn't just—I don't know—point fingers at at one particular thing and go, "Oh, this this is the ill of the world." It's saying there's a shit ton of ills in the world, and Rhodey's had to deal with all of them, and it didn't matter what they were; it didn't get them down. So, like, that's something to me where it does briefly touch on it. You know, certain aspects of you might say real world landscape that, that Marvel tends to do, but it doesn't do it in such a way that for me, at least it didn't completely take me out of the story. I think maybe until you, you have uh, the winter guard, you know, which I think, I don't know. It, it, it cracks me up because, you know, it, 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 for years, you know, in comics, they were the big bads, right? Like if you had Russians in comics, they were the bad guys. And then it turned around to this point where everybody wanted to downplay that and be like, oh, the Cold War's over, everything's fine, so now we're all buddy-buddy with the fucking Crimson Dynamo. But of course, you know, again, here we are, present day, where we're not so fucking buddy-buddy with the Russians anymore, and all this was a bunch of fucking horseshit. So, like, it's funny to me to read this 2008 story where they're trying to spin it all like it's no fucking big deal and everybody's buddy-buddy with Ursa Major and the Crimson Dynamo, and that they're all really good people. It's just the, 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 the governments are the bad people or whatever, right? And, and, and then to look at it in a modern context and just kind of go, oh, okay, well, you know, 
I don't know. There's something, you know, as, as much flack as like somebody like Steve Ditko gets, I, I get why he always had an aversion to doing morally gray comics where he just wanted it to be like, look, the scrolls are the bad guys. Rhodey's the fucking good guy. Like we're going to go. Whereas, you know, the, the, he didn't want all this other kind of gray morality in the middle ground. Cause, cause that's ultimately it's fun to play with. Right. But, but it probably forgets the dynamics of what makes, superhero comics work and i think i think what works finally is once once they do all that stuff with uh the winter garden and and that then then it's like roads back to just you know blowing away you know scrolls and all that other stuff and it's like fine they have a nice little probably what mike would call a rival fusion you know with with the uh winter garden with crimson and dynamo and they kind of part on these these good terms or whatever right but the other Russian MiGs wanted to shoot him down by the end of it or whatever. But, you know, Crimson Dynamo gets him to back off and stuff like that. But, I mean, I, I guess what I'd say ultimately is for this arc, like, I, I think the reason why I probably like it is because it was Christos Gage and Christos Gage was writing the initiative and then he's writing this three issue arc. So, he, you know, we've we've always praised his writing and his care for say the the history of the characters and the continuity and all that kind of stuff and and to be honest this is a fairly simple story and i think that's why it works for me you know what i mean like it's it doesn't get too much into the weeds with all that stuff it's like some of it is is briefly glossed over touched on whatever you know if if you if you don't pay attention to it it, it might as well just be you know some bad guys teaming up with a good guy to beat an alien invasion, right? Like if you if you gloss over all the politics of of US Russian foreign relations and all that kind of stuff, right? So you can you can kind of read it and just read it as an entertaining yarn and not get too caught up into the the minutia of it, I think. Um so that's I mean for me that that's kind of why it works. It's good art, good writing, um and and for the most part it doesn't you know, for for comics of this vintage, it doesn't it doesn't fall into the 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 trap, right? Of 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 getting stuck in that hole of of trying to uh, forward any one particular agenda. So that's that that's kind of how I come down on this one. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's too complicated. Like I think you know it's a, uh, and I I love you know I think Greg Wiseman says it, but like you know. Uh, d- Christos Gage is like an inherent to this philosophy too. Like Greg Wiseman always says, like, why invent a new character when we have like so many like obscure characters like in the stable and stuff? And like I like, you know, he brought back Susie Endo from like friggin' Force Works to serve as like uh Rhodey's like support, like, you know, tech good like girl in the chair or mm-hmm. whatever. So like, you know, Cybermancer, which is uh, you know, she she was like you know, she she was a supporting character in Iron Man, and then she went on to be a, a member of Force Works during The Crossing. Like, so I mean, that's that's probably the dankest pit you can pull a character from. But like, I think you know, uh, she, I mean, she basically in the '90s it was like she basically had like the power of the internet because right, it was right, like all right, new right. and stuff. Like, but no, but you it's, know, they it's, kind of it's it's cool what you're saying. Like that 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 character is something that they they pulled from the mothball to use in this and i i think i mean if it was up to me i i i guess not not to jump too far ahead but i i enjoy 
the dynamic they have because it's a girl in a chair, not fucking 15 fucking people in the chair. You know what I mean? Like th- th- this dynamic and this is really <laughs> yeah. simple. It's like she's the tech support. He's the guy like out in the field and they're, you know, and, and, and they're fighting scrolls. And I have no there, there's no moral quandary about them blowing the fuck up out of scrolls that are currently invading and infiltrating you know, the, the planet fucking earth, you know what I mean? So it's very, very straightforward for me. Yeah. And like I said, I like Sean Chen's art. Like, I think, like I said, I, I remember him from drawing Iron Man before. So, I mean, and I, I like, like roadies, like in, in the ongoing, like they kind of, uh, what's his name? Uh, Leonardo Manco, uh, like he, uh, he like kind of his design for war machine kind of skews closer to like, movie war machine i guess but this design like is from the initiative and it's one of my favorite war machine designs and you can you can see in my avatar like the first appearance of it like the the initiative design um i forgot who was drawing the initiative at that time uh i forgot who it was at that point but uh was it brooks i don't know um oh damn i'm gonna have to look that up but uh but in whatever case, like I really liked that War Machine design because it was kind of like angular and like distinct looking from well, not not just not distinct looking really, but it looked complementary to the extremists like Iron Man armor. Like it had that same kind of like helmet shape and it like you know it just looked sleek and modern and shit. And I, I love like all the like and it it John Chen draws it in this story too, but uh. The, the like little green hollow displays that pop up when he like targets people and stuff. Like, I think that's a really cool touch. And they, I think they kind of got rid of that in the ongoing, but uh, hang on. I just want to see Avengers, yeah, the initiative, Who, uh, whoever drew the first issue must've designed that war machine. Cause I know that's the first I'm time it appeared. Oh, uh, Stefano, uh, Caselli. Uh, okay. Caselli. Yeah. He, okay. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, so he he must have designed this war machine armor. So like like I said, it's one of my personal favorite like not just war machine but like Iron Man type armors ever. But, I mean, I'm I'm, it, I'm it, even I'm even fond of that uh Iron Man Marvel legend of this cuz it, it it it's not silver. It's actually like white. Yeah, it's and, it's black and white. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I I had to track it down too and get it like so but uh but yeah, I mean, this is like a, this is probably the simplest of the three like arcs, and again, it's the shortest. But you know, like, there's something to be said for it being straightforward, and like, you know, it's a good, it's it's got a bunch of great action scenes, like you know, Rhodey taking on the Super Skrull, like you know, him and uh, Crimson Dynamo taking down the Skrull, like Mulder ship and stuff, and you know. And it, like, yeah, it occurred to me, like rereading it this week, I was like, oh, wow, this is like, you know, with the Russians and stuff, I was like, wow, did we pick a this is like timely, I guess, like or, or, well, it, or like timely in the wrong way. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh-huh. this is like this is basically what everybody's complaining about. Right. They, they you know, I mean, again, send your angry emails, but everybody's sitting there talking about, oh, the fucking Cold War is over and. and and uh, the, these these world powers are not a threat to national security, and that's why you have all these comics here where people are making fucking nice nice with them, you know. And and it, you know it's not it's not the reality of it, right? It's all fucking subterfuge and bullshit, and the, the, this stuff plays into it too. So, yeah. You know what I wanted to ask you, like 
I've heard of him before, but who? Where does Comet Man come from? Because like the super one of those Super Scrolls had the powers of Comet Man. I if I you know what's funny is I feel like maybe Dennis Cohen worked on or something like that. Like um, here, let me see because because if if I recall correctly, he had like a gray and purple suit. Like, I, I know I've heard of him before, but I was kind of like, man, I've never even read anything with it, Comet Man yeah, this in it. Like cool. a- it's, yeah, I mean, it, it was like six issues. It ran in 1987. So, like, I, I, I sort of, I don't think I've ever read it. Like, I, I'm familiar with, like, the covers because I think, I, I thought it was, um, maybe it's Sinkevich that did the covers. I don't know. I'm sitting there kind of going, like, I thought it would be Ness Cohen, but. Or, or no, it looks like it's Sinkevich. So, so probably it had some some of these really nice uh, Sinkevich covers for Comet Man. But yeah, I mean, basically, like I imagine he's like a version of like uh, I don't know, like I I don't know. It's like uh, I, I I bet most people would say it's like a, a DC character running around Marvel or something like that. You know, like where I I think he just had like. You know, to be honest, because I haven't read it, like it looks like looks like Hulk and She Hulk were in some issues, like yeah. stuff like that. But I I've never read this. I w- yeah, because even even Rhodey is yeah. kind of like I don't think about Comet Man, like so I don't know if I can handle like those blasts he's throwing out. But but like I, I that Super Scroll had the powers. Of, it's a like Comet Man, Nova, Drax, and Moon Dragon. So like I was kind of like, well, I know all those guys except Comet Man. So yeah. Oh yeah, that, that interest another like deep pull by Christos Gage, yeah, basically. Yeah. So I mean, I guess I guess uh-huh. he has a title and or a miniseries, but it's it's not like he was a long lived Marvel character, you know. It almost looks like he's got his own little Bizarro duplicate here that he's fighting at the end or whatever. But <laughs> I'm just kind of looking through it real quick. But yeah, I mean, it, yeah, to me it seems like he's like a a version of. Um, Starman or um, Captain Comet from DC or some shit, you know, like so. But yeah. Okay, well, I guess uh, do you have anything else to say about no, this arc? No, or, I mean, right. Well, we'll move on and talk about the first arc of the the War Machine ongoing. Uh, when it, there's a there's a like I read that one preview story in that Dark Rain. Uh, uh, what do you call one shot that kind of sets it up. And then there's like the first five issues like are the first arc. And I'll, let me, I'll, I'll read the back of the trade. I've got, um, war machine, uh, written by Greg pack and uh, illustrated by Leonardo Manco. Jim Rhodes, former soldier and personal bodyguard to Iron Man, suffers a horrible injury on the battlefield. Describe the best technician enterprises, build them a advanced genetic body. With it, Rhodes becomes a new type soldier armed for a new type of conflict, a true war machine. After stopping mercenaries from using a repurposed sentinel to slaughter innocents, Rhodes learns that Eagle Star International, a defense contractor headquartered in the war-ravaged land of Aquaria, ordered the attacks. Joined by Parnell Jacobs, a a former arms dealer, and Bethany Cab, head of a secret R&D facility, Rhodes decides that for his next mission, he'll do what no court in the land will do, bring the corrupt conglomerate to justice. But before he can put an end to Eagle Star's war crimes, Norman Osborn introduces the Dark Avenger known as Ares into the mix. Can even the ultimate weapon of destruction defeat the god of war? Or will a deadly experimental virus bring down Bolt Warriors by turning a city of civilians into unstoppable killing machines? So yeah, this is um, 
the first arc of uh, the first half of this War Machine series. Um, I didn't actually buy this off the shelves. I think I burned stole a little of it, but I did eventually buy the first trade of it. And uh, yeah, like I said, there's that like uh, um, it, it, I guess it doesn't even mention it in the back of the tra- uh, uh, what do you call it, trade dress, but uh, there's that couple page uh, long story that like has Rody go to um, that pipeline and like the the guy who's controlling yes. the polar bears to like kill like people, and then he he what do you call uh, he uh, fucks that guy up with the uh, with his own polar yes. bears basically, but uh, yeah. Um, I, I like I, I'm sure you have thoughts about this like arc or whatever, but like I, I'll say like I I there's a lot in this I enjoy and like I think it's very true to what like Jim Rhodes's original like 90s ongoing mm. was like initially okay. about where like he you know he tackled sort of like you know international war zones that like the law wouldn't touch. And like, you know, dispensed like kind of, you know, justice, like where, where, uh, without, what am I trying to say? Like, like almost like a international, like vigilanteism sort of, it's funny because what I know what I was going to say, like in that nineties war machine series, like he goes to like some, like, you know, South African nation and like tries to like, you know, liberate it from a like tyrant or whatever. And like in that nineties series, like Rhodey is kind of like, like oh man like he's kind of got this like captain america like comic code authority like uh line where he's like oh man like i've never killed anyone not even when i was in nam and i was like the hell you haven't like you know like, did, didn't you read your own like origin issue like the the roadie iron man origin issue where you're both in vietnam together like you were gunning people down in that like so it, it's funny because like I, I don't know like you you got those like Captain America issues where he's like, oh, I've never killed anyone, like not even in the war or whatever. But like, I feel it's even more ridiculous for like Rhodey, who was like you know a Marine and shit. So, but yeah, like I mean, I, I think Leonardo Manco's art is really good. Like I like it. I like I said, I, I don't. You know, obviously they had to tie into the movies a little bit, so you know they kind of make War Machine's armor look more like you know the movie armors and whatever but i i generally like it like and i i think you know his whole like ability to like merge with machines and whatever makes for some good like action scenes and like you know it's a good power set for him to have and uh like i i i thought it was a stroke of genius on uh greg pack's uh part to bring in Ares, like, you know, the God of War, like, you know, versus War Machine. I think that's a great, like, you know, a great uh, dynamic that, like, develops here. But, uh, like, I don't know, I'm sure you have uh, very deep thoughts about this. I, I don't know. Like, don't, I'll, I'll let don't, you go. Don't, don't oversell it. I, I don't know if I have super deep thoughts about a War Machine comic, but I mean, look, I, um, I'll, I'll, I'll say this, like, like, the, the art from uh, Leonardo Monco, I think if we're, if we're focusing on this first arc, right, it stays consistent. I think it works very well for the tone of what they're going for in here. There, there's that, there's that air of, uh, you know, very much it wants to touch on the real world. It wants to get a little dark and gritty. Um, it, it wants to get into that seedy underbelly of what's going on. I mean, the, the, the idea is, uh, Rhodey has a kill list and the kill list is like, you know, mathematically concocted from the amount of like horror and suffering that is 
uh, delivered to the world, I guess, you know, like, 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 like it's just, it's, it's just an equation, right? It's just mathematical, right? Which it, it, that sounds really cool. Um, I feel like if he had the list, then like whoever the first person he went after would be a lot tougher than, than who he ends up going after in this, but I don't know, c- color me crazy, but you know, I get it. It's a, it's, it's a cool concept. I, I think Greg Pak is one of those writers where, uh, you know, I, I don't know. To, to me, it's like Jason Aaron, right? There's, there's some things that Greg Pak has written that I, I think are cool that I can point to that I really enjoy and say, this is my favorite, you know, Superman Batman story that he wrote, or this is my favorite, uh, little action comics run that he wrote or whatever. And there's some cool stuff in this. Definitely Aries being introduced, you know, um, I mean, there, there's, there's, there's meta textual stuff in that, you know, like, like my champion, you know, like my champion, you know, like all that kind of stuff, <laughs> you know, like, like there's that meta textual con- context to that where, where he's, you know, he's, he's enamored with the, I don't know, the force of nature that War Machine has become in this. I, I think there's also interesting context with like, you, you know, they, they talk a lot about, how, um, you know, like somebody like Oracle, right, could be uh, super empowering for people that are, you know, wheelchair bound, right? Like that, that there's a positive example, like, look at how cool this superheroic character is, you know, like that as Oracle, she was so much cooler or had more impact, you know, than, than she ever did as Batgirl because she's doing all this kind of, you know, you know, she not. Not only is she a girl in the chair, but like she is, you know, the girl in the, you know what I mean? Like, like she, she takes care of everything in DC and, and it's this, this huge kind of deal, right? And I, I just thought about it when I was reading this was, I mean, essentially, Rhodey is, is being retconned into, like, not, not just what they did with Flash Thompson where they had him lose his legs and then he becomes the the Venom symbiote and all that stuff, but I mean, they 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 retroactively turned him into any example of a paraplegic that was in Afghanistan or Iraq or whatever, right? They 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 retroactively made him that. But on top of that, the way that that interacts with this current War Machine armor, like like, have you ever been? Like, I, I can't think of another time where it's been super badass and cool to be a paraplegic the way it was in this comic. And what I mean by that is not that it's cool for people to be paraplegics, but what I mean is there's a sequence where they think they've blown Rhodey away. So his arms and legs are like str- strewn across the battlefield and everything. And in reality, like, those arms and legs are just mechanical components of his armor and and they think they've you know obliterated the man inside this armor which is not true cuz he's already a paraplegic so these arms and legs activate of their own accord kind of like you know in Iron Man 3 the movie when all these little various armored parts go flying around and do their own own routine right and they blow away all these guys and then they all you know come back into place and and make him whole again and so like that to me is something where it it's it certainly it doesn't come out say it and, and it's kind of metatextual but i think is a cool you know uh is something that i i would hope 
is is uh something that's empowering or at least just just a really badass moment for either a character or or I don't know if it needs to be like a group of people or whatever but I do I do super enjoy the clickety clack clack scene you know where where all his parts come back together and he's taking out all those guys I, I kind of think the supporting cast gets crowded you know, like, I was fine with it being, you know, uh, <laughs> Susie Q or whatever, you know, but then it's like, then, then you got the old friend who's married to the friend who's trapped and raped in the box, and then she shows up, and then Bethany Cabe shows up, and then, uh, the, the, the field medic who's helping the poor old girlfriend who got raped in the box becomes a member of the team, and before you know it, they all have fucking armors, and it's just like, I, I you know, there's, there's They're like, no, Rody, 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 we're War Machine. You are not the Flash, Barry. We are. What? Yeah, I mean, it just, it, that kind of gets super over the top for me. I, I think that's something where that, that's something I can be critical of. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know necessarily like what I, I mean, the only thing I would do to change it is if you want to do that, like just have Susie Q show up, just have her be the girl in the chair. And if you want to give her a fucking armor later, give her a fucking armor later. I don't fucking care, but it's like, I, there, there didn't need to be like fucking five people in the chair that all get armors and, and, and do all this stuff. I I think it's interesting that like they they played with the idea of people that are untouchable. I think I think where it breaks down for me with what you described in terms of the 90s series was because I I mean and it's been a while since I've read that series, but I mean, I feel like okay, look, War Machine at its core should just be Iron Man as Rambo going into fucking Burma or any places where there is no you know, civilization and people are getting mutilated and gang raped and killed and all this other nasty ass shit. And dude comes in and is like, fuck you. Like, you know, you're not going to do this anymore. Whereas this seemed to me to be like, oh no, technically the U S is sponsoring all these mercenary groups that are untouchable and became this big, like, like most of the comics in the era. I think this this definitely, it's like, and it, I don't know, it fucking confounds me, because I'm like, dude, if you look at the timetable, right, I'm like, dude, your your guy got elected into office, right? Like, shouldn't you all be celebrating and making happy fucking comics now? But for whatever reason, everything was Dark Reign, Norman Osborn, everything was fucking evil and bad, and everything was fucking corrupt. And it's it's funny to me, because that that's basically what they're... they're having here is is Rhodey ends up and maybe I'm jumping ahead to the the next arc too soon or whatever but I mean even in the opening of this arc the insinuation is not necessarily that they're all I don't know uh US sanctioned or that everybody's okay with it but clearly these guys that were were uh, raping and and uh beating the shit one chick in the the crate you know were were not uh uh terrorists were not uh from a foreign country, you know, like they're, they're trying to turn it around and say, Oh, uh, you know, clearly like let's point the finger at ourselves or at, at the U S or whatever. And, and, you know, point the finger at you know, Norman Osborne or whoever, right? Like that's, that's doing that kind of stuff. And, and, and the introduction of Aries is just kind of like a, a nice refreshing, the, the, the only honest guy, I think in the whole series, 
you know, like, like, yeah. like he's just very straightforward about it. Like, like he's like, look, like, let's just be honest. Like, you know, we're, we're here to fuck shit up and we like fucking shit up. And, and that, that's my whole thing. And that's why you are my champion. And I'm going to keep saying it that way. I like that because that's the undertone of it <laughs> is my champion. Like oh, that's, I, I was, I was just to break in for a second. Like I thought what was super badass was like, you, you know, you said like Rody has that kill number. And like most most of the humans, like he comes across, they have like kill numbers in like the hundreds or whatever. But then when he reads like Aries, his kill number is like in the billions. Like it's like that. That's I was like, how did you even calculate that? Like you know, like, it's it somehow it's somehow new. Like everything that happened in like ancient Rome and like whatever. yeah, right. It's uh-huh. it's, it's, it's uh, three million seven hundred eight. Wait, no, three billion. Seven hundred eighty-nine million four hundred thirty-two thousand four hundred fifty-eight. Like that's his. That's his fucking kill number or whatever. But yeah, I mean, he he does say like like and and then and then like you know the 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 one-liner where it's like, what are you doing here, Ares? This isn't your fight. He's like, I'm the god of war. Every fight is my fight. You know, like that's so, awesome. Yeah. You know, like like so that I I mean I I think. I think when I was when I was looking at this at the time, it, it was something that I quickly skimmed through. But then once Ares got involved, it was something where I I paid a lot more attention to it. And, and I I think I I don't I don't know if this was by design or not, but I feel like that whole like sort of dark rain era of comics, like the 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 thing that was weird about that was it's like. The lead characters took a back seat to Norman Osborn in the Dark Avengers. Like, I mean, I don't know. That's kind of how I feel about it. Like, 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 I, I know you like Rhodey, and I know the reason why you wanted to talk about this is because you wanted to talk about a War Machine series that you were into and you were passionate about. But I mean, I, I do feel like this portrayal of Ares, uh, outshined anyone else that was in this comic and then you know again maybe jumping ahead a little bit too much um you know later when osborne shows up that that became my uh point of interest or 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 my that my anchor that i held on to 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 continue you know reading this whereas i i think some of the other other stuff you know was just kind of i don't know i mean it's like it's like you, you know, uh, eventually they they turn it into what people get infected with, like Ultimo virus. So then it's like they're combining Extremis with Ultimo with you know this kind of. I mean, I, I suppose it brings it back to having some kind of moral quandary about stuff because then the girl that they're trying to save in the box that got raped and all this other nasty stuff happened to her like she shoots the one guy in the head that's supposedly untouchable so clearly he's not untouchable and but then now this lady has the ultimo virus with like 20 billion other people and it turns into this big virus thing that they're gonna you know have to stop from from happening um and they have kind of like this weird backstory. Like, have we ever, like, I keep calling her the, 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 the lady that gets raped in the box, which sucks, right? But that's what she is. Um, did that character, like, like, ever appear before this, or was she just invented? Cause, cause they, they have this whole uh, extensive backstory. Glenn, Glenda Sandoval. Yeah. 
Uh, I believe this is her first appearance. Okay. Um, it's not. It's not the first appearance of her husband. Uh, Parnell Jacobs okay. uh, showed up before as uh, I, he was like in, in Busick's run on Iron Man. He was like the dude who sold like the war machine armor to like some other dude who ends up fighting like Iron Man or whatever. Like there was like this other war machine like that fought Iron Man in that run. But uh, and like it was like, oh, Ro-, and, like he called Rhodey and he was like, oh, yeah, like, you know, one of my old like war buddies or something got a hold of it somehow. So and that, that was like Parnell jacobs but like he, yeah uh his wife yeah glenda like her whole backstory with roadie like i think that's all invented for this i i, I don't know am i weird like i i found their backstory i mean there were aspects of it like i said with greg pack it's like jason aaron for me there's things that work for me and things that uh don't compute to me so like i mean i get that roadie who is who he is right so when when someone um as when he's a little kid right when someone goes after glenda right who who he kind of has this the he's a little sweet on right but but you know but regardless of all that like whether he was sweet on her or not he didn't like seeing other black kids pick on her for being puerto rican right like and and so when he saw that like that stuck a fire up under his ass right and and he he fucking smacked the shit out of that one kid and sent him to the fucking hospital, right? Because he was a fucking asshole and he was beating on on uh, Glenda, right? And and then they they go into this whole backstory about how he he got sent to I don't know I guess juvie prison or some shit I don't know he was like fucking locked up like he was in the fucking brig I don't know if that's a real thing or not but he was sent somewhere right and then and then the the whole joke of it is like he he gets out six months later. And then I think, uh, uh, some other dipshit was, was, uh, doing some other thing, some other nasty thing. And, and the, you know, the whole backstory with the mama, you know, she's like, and then, you know, uh, Jimmy couldn't stand that shit either. So he went right back in because he beat the shit out of, out of the other guy. Right. And it's just like, I don't know, like that, that to me, like w- that part of the story works. Right. Like I get that it fits with Rhodey's character. Um, it makes him seem like a stand-up guy. Um, the part of the backstory that doesn't make any sense to me is that bit with, like, uh, she's, like, frying the the fucking ants for eating on the fucking caterpillar with the magnifying glass or something. Or the, the, the yeah, the magnifying glass with the sun or whatever. And he comes up to her after church and is like, what the fuck are you doing? And she explains, like, she's getting vengeance on the fucking ants. And I'm just kind of like... Dude, that chick's fucking mental, Brody. Like, go get away. <laughs> and even even the mama's like, you get away from that girl. She trouble, you know. And I was like, I agree with your mama, Brody, because something's wrong with that girl. Like, something's wrong with her in the head. And then and then they 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 call back to it, you know, where where uh, she uh, you know she's she's the Ultimo version of her or whatever. And and they're talking about you know they're just ants like human beings are just ants and then that even is more i i don't know like that like that's the part of the parts of these stories where i'm like this doesn't compute to me not not everything is a conspiracy that's the fault of the fucking united states of america not everything is like this weird warp thing of uh you're trying to apply your moral sanctimonious bullshit onto fucking ants and caterpillars like what what is wrong with you like they're fucking ants 
They're fucking caterpillars. You know what I mean? Like, like that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense, right? Like it makes no sense, but they're still doing it. Like, so I, and that to me, like, I don't, that I don't, I don't understand at all. Right. And, and again, that's the part of this where, uh, I think, you know, somebody like Steve Dicko would be like, Ares is not a hero. War Machine's not a hero. N- none of the people in this story are, are good. And, and he wouldn't want to have anything to do with a story like this. And that doesn't mean it's bad, but, but I, I just, I, to me, I think there's things about it that become muddled and confusing because I think if you had, you know, ju- just, just have, you know, Susie. That's all we need is Susie, right? Like, and I, I didn't think you needed any of these other people. The backstory with the mama, like, is good. Like, I like that because I don't, I don't ever remember seeing Rhodey's mom before this. So I enjoyed seeing those flashbacks, but maybe there was some other way to get to it rather than having like 20 other female supporting characters. Because you, I don't know, to me, it gets confusing. It's like, is, is he into, the other guy's wife is he into Bethany because it's sloppy seconds from Tony? Is he into Susie because she used to be on Forest Works, like you know, or whatever? And then and then you get this poor fucking simp of a dude. Uh, what's his name? Tony O or whatever? Who's oh, a Jake. Jake. Oh, okay, Jake O. Like, and I'm just like, okay, so he's there to like what crack jokes and be a field medic, and then all of a sudden. He gets an armor and he's like a stupid version of Amadeus Cho or something. I mean, I, I don't know. You know, like there's there, there's a lot of stuff in that where, you know, of course, you've got these, these politicians and stuff like that, which, you know, I mean, I, you know, to me, I'm kind of like, yeah, OK, they're all corrupt. Right. Like, I mean, you know, it's like, where's is that? I don't know. To me, I'm kind of like, if that's supposed to be a surprise, like it, it wasn't a surprise. Like m- maybe there's some fantasy in like the, like the superheroic fantasy of like you're you're having a power trip right like you want to you want to punch the bad guy like maybe there's some kind of power fantasy in like punching the corrupt senator or 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 in 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 the case of this series i think they actually what they make them i don't know what do they do they they relive their all the the pain you know basically i don't know he gives him some kind of he gives him some kind of techno penance there or some shit like that but like i kind of feel like like, wouldn't it be cooler if you just, like, I don't know, introduced fucking term limits and got them all fucking fired? You know, like, wouldn't that be better comeuppance or something? I don't know. Like, I I, I don't know. Like, like I, 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 th- there's some stuff about that that's like, like I said, the, the, the main stuff that I was able to, to, uh, gleam on was Ares coming in and telling people what's what and, and, and maybe Rhodey taking on the brunt of all this, you know, like the way he would like, like taking it all upon himself. I mean, that becomes pretty, pretty heavily physicalized when his solution to the Ultimo thing, like he basically infuses all of it into himself. Like that's how he kind of solves the problem. You know what I mean? And, and, and like that, to me, I'm kind of like, Oh, okay. And he basically uninfects everybody. Like it doesn't become this, terribly debilitating replicable virus that goes all across the world, right? Like, he he ends up, you know, kind of like Superman, like, sucking a bunch of poison gas into himself, right? Like, he takes all that into himself, right? But 
I don't know. And, and it's funny how then, then you've got like Norman Osborn at the end trying to offer all these guys their wildest dreams. And then, and then basically it's like, no, fuck that. We're gonna, we're gonna hit the, the US of A. And, 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 and the other thing about that that doesn't work is they, they keep, they, they always talk about this during the course of the series, how what they're doing, there's no going back. Like there's no, um, there's no coming back from it. They'll never forgive us for, for doing this and all that other stuff. But, it's this isolated 12 issue series that only the people that care about it are the people that are writing it, it seems like. So uh, I'm sure like Rhodey was forgiven like a thousand times over for anything he did in this. Like, and, and they try to work that out by the end of it with the whole, like, you know, oh, the, the cyborg was the bad element and this, this, this flesh body is the real roads and yada, yada, yada. But, I, I don't know. It just it, it to me it seems like well do all like five of the supporting tech people in chairs have that excuse? You know what I mean? Like like what 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 is their excuse? They, <laughs> they were, were all cyborgs. They, they were all cyborgs. They they were all manipulated by the cyborg, and they were they were confused. So now they all get pardons too. You know, it's just like I I, I don't know. Like like th- th- that kind of stuff. You know, is the stuff that doesn't doesn't necessarily work for me. And I, I, I kind of feel like I haven't jumped too far ahead into the second arc. So I figure I'll let you either, you, you can retort or, or, or see what you will, like more that you found, you know, uh, engaging and or positive, you know, like that, that kind of stuff. No, I, I agree with most of what you say. Like, I, I think, like, I didn't have a huge problem with it, but like, I, I see what you're saying. And like, well, it's funny because like, you know, this is like in the in the dead center of like, you know, dark rain or whatever. So like, you know, Ares and Norman Osborn being like, you know, chief antagonists or, you know, guest stars in this yeah, are, is yeah. very typical of the time. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, yeah. it's like those guys were the Dark Avengers were showing up everywhere, like during yeah. Dark like you know they were the you know the thunderbolts were showing up in civil war it's like the dark avengers were you know the man the showing man. up in- yeah yeah, so it's like, you know, not only is, like, Norman Osborn and, like, you know, James Rhodes having a big, you know, f- private feud, but Norman Osborn and, like, everyone is having a private feud, like, at all times. Like, I mean, when, when did Norman get any sleep during this era? Like, I mean, I feel like he was, like, showing up in every single Marvel book, like, you know. like Nor- you know, Norman must have been snorting that good Green Goblin Coke. Or yeah, right, was, uh-huh. Right? Like, and I'm, I'm sure Ares was showing up, too, like, probably in, like, Hercules and, like, wherever else they could, you know, manage to throw him because, you know, they had to plug, you know, the Dark Avengers or whatever. So, like, I mean, there is that. But, like, I just it's kind of like rereading this this week. It's kind of like deja vu-ish where I was yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah. I kind of like I was like, I kind of remember how, like, you know. Ares or, you know, Norman Osborn would show up in, like, every single Marvel book during this era. Like, yeah, so. yeah. But well, no, well, I, I well him and and I had forgotten, but him and him and Miss Hand were always Miss Victoria uh, Hand, were always yep. side by side. Yeah, I was like, when do these people get sleep? But I, I, I get what you're saying. Like, I, I think Rhodey does need a support, like a supporting cast, I guess. But like, maybe like in in the space of twelve issues, it is a li- a bit much to have. Like, you know, he has like six different people following him. So, like, and it, like as we were joking, it's like, you know, oh, no, honey, 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 like we're War Machine, and it's like literally they like in the second arc, they all like get armors and yeah. stuff. So yeah. it's like, baby, like I'm War Machine, like you know, it's not. <laughs> But I don't know. I, I, I think that's kind of funny. But but no, like I mean, I enjoy this. I think like 
this is probably a. I never really thought a whole lot about Ares, like until I read this arc, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, and I was like, oh man, like that's a freaking good idea. Like the god of war, like fights war machine. Like, I, mean, I mean, I think makes- I think you could argue that that. Ares is probably the character that Greg Pak was most fascinated or had the most fun writing because, like you said, he, he shows up in this. He he was a featured player in that incredible Hercules run and all that stuff, which spun out of, I think, Greg Pak's Incredible Hulk stuff, right? Like so, so to, to me, it seems like that's some something that you know a character he just had fun with right like that that and and what's funny is i mean that that probably bears not a lot of resemblance to i don't know what whenever aries last showed up in marvel like way way back in the day and like freaking thor comics from you know the 70s or something but like for this era like i mean it, it's potentially the best known version of the marvel version of aries like there there've been like uh what a couple Marvel Legends, and he's been in, like, some of the video games and all that shit, you know? So it's like, I mean, you know, I, I kind of get it. Like, I mean, that, that to me was the the um, the aspect of this era that I was semi-drawn to, you know? The, um, I still, I still wish they would have finished, like, team-building the Dark Avengers or made a decent version of all those guys for uh, Marvel Legends. And it's yeah. Like, you know, like that, that kind of thing. But can I just ask, cause, cause I don't know if you ever answered the question, like, what, what do you think about the whole ants and caterpillar thing? Like, cause I know I said my piece on it. Like, did that, did that ever, like, did you, I, I know you probably didn't think about it too much, but like, just honestly, like, what do you, like, what does that scene I, mean to you? Like, what, why it, is that there? It, it I, I don't know, like, I, I guess I didn't look, like, deeply into it. Like, I thought it was just a callback to their childhood, basically. Okay. I, I Like, I didn't think of really into any metaphors or anything. Like, I was just like, oh, it's just stupid kid shit or okay. whatever. And okay. that's, like, it's just meant for her to, like, call back when she's, like, dying and it's supposed okay. to be all touching and whatever. Like, okay. but... But I mean, like I like I mean personally, like I never really wanted to hurt animals, like even bugs or whatever. So maybe oh, look, yeah, I'm, I do I'm think saying, like I, that's I a little weird, like, you know. But hunt like that that had an impact on me. Where I I will still, if I can, you know, take spiders outside that I find. Yeah, know, I don't I don't go out of my way to kill shit. I mean, if if I have to, yeah, okay. I'm not saying I'm a fucking saint, and I've never fucking sprayed down for any ants that have invaded my home. I'm not I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying I don't take any fucking pleasure in it and I'm not fucking uh, uh, burning them to death with a fucking magnifying glass either. You know what I mean? It's just, look, if it's if it's part of this whole you've invaded my space, now you must die insect. It's like that. It's just sorry. That's 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 the way of life. Right. But like that whole thing just confounds me. It, it, it seems like there's something kind of twisted with that character and and. It, it makes me feel like Mama Rhodes understood that and was like, let me let me tweak your ear and get you the hell away from that crazy, crazy girl. Because that's the nothing yeah. good's going to come of that. You know, know what's fun? Know what's funny about uh, Rhodey's mom, too, is like there's an issue of like classic Iron Man or something like where Rhodey's like, oh, if only my mama had lived to see me like this day or something <laughs> like and it was like, oh, his mom's dead. Like, I, I guess so. Like, but then, you know, they, they had this series. And then, like, taking just this series in context, it kind of seems like, like, Rhodey and, like, his mom, like, they were all they had, like, each other, like, basically. Like, they they didn't seem to be anyone else in the picture. But, like, moving on, like, 
I think it's that US that uh, Iron Patriot series. It's like James Rhodes has a niece too. Like he's all of a sudden he's like John Henry Irons or something, and he's got a niece and like you know it's it's Uncle War Machine or whatever. And like and and like he's got a like I think they have his dad in that series too. And I'm I'm kind of like well it didn't even. You know, I never really got that idea from this series that, like, there was anyone else in the picture other than him and his mom, basically. But Yeah, well, I, again, I, I think that comes to these these books, especially the modern titles, being written in a certain sense of isolation from everything else, right? Like, that, that the person who wrote that uh, Iron Patriot book didn't bother to read this series. And... You know, the person that wrote this didn't bother to read that Iron Man comic with the one-liner that said, uh, since my mama died, or whatever, you know, or or, or even, you know, if, if it was Christos Gage, he'd probably try to, like, retcon it. If, if he knew mama worked for the story, right, he'd be like, oh, that, you know, the, some double-speak, double-talk about, you know, I said that because... Uh, I meant like uh, my mama on my uh, uh, Glenda's side or some, you know what I mean? <laughs> like whatever. Like he made up some some stuff. Like it was like she yeah. was like my mama, but she wasn't my mama or whatever. You know, like some some explanation. But you know, so sometimes and you know, I I don't know. You know, I mean, people argue about this till till the fucking cows come home. Continuity's good. Continuity. Who cares about it? As long as you tell a good story. You know, I mean, my argument is everybody who makes the who cares about continuity so long as you tell a good story? Never tells a fucking good story. So, I mean, you know, that's that that would be my argument about it. But I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I pretty much agree. But anyway, you want to move on to the last yeah, book? Yeah, or, let's, you know, let, let's, let's talk about the last right. part of So it. War Machine uh, number 6 through 12, uh, written still by Greg Pak and illustrated by Alan, Je- Alan Jefferson, uh, Welling- Wellington Alves, and uh, Leonardo Manco. Um, and I'll read the back of the trade for this one. Um, war machine, war criminal? Question mark. For the past year, Norman Osborne and James Rhodes have pulled out all the stops to destroy each other's most precious hopes and dreams, all without ever seeing each other face to face. But now everything comes to a head as the Iron Patriot and War Machine finally throw down, leading to Marvel's Trial of the Century. After targeting madmen and monsters around the globe, James Rhodes must must now confront the consequences of his controversial actions. Red tape couldn't stop War Machine's quest for justice, but will chains, handcuffs, and prison bars do so? So yeah, like I, I think that's a little hyper that that summary's a little hyperbolic, like Marvel's trial of the century that like only takes place in this book and no one ever mentions again, but you know. It's it's one of those like superhero trials that take place in like you know one one month or whatever, couple days. You know, yeah. uh, I don't know. Like, it, you know, I guess I guess I'll 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 say that the callback to American Eagle to Jason Strongbow. Like, I I you know I like that character, so I didn't mind seeing him show up. Um, he doesn't do a whole hell of a lot in this. Like, I mean, it, it, it's it's mainly to have that moment between him and Osborne where it's like, does he remember that I tried to kill him once? And it's like, F you Osborne. He's like, he remembers big smiles, you know, like, and that's, I mean, that, that's basically what that amounts to. I feel like, um, you know, and again, you, know, you got, uh, I, I guess that's the first instance where you have them pull the swapperoo where he thinks he's fighting war machine, but he's actually fighting, um, 
Jaco or whatever. So it's like then then you've got whole like we're all war machine nonsense coming coming into it or whatever. The the art in this changes and it's almost to me it's almost too cartoony for the subject matter. Like I don't know. It's weird because it felt like there were different artists and then eventually it's just what like Jefferson I think is that right? Uh, Alan Jefferson? I don't know. Yeah, I believe so. He draws the like the, it, the bulk right? of like, issues. So I, I don't yeah. know. You know, I mean, I know there's other other creatives involved, but like, I, I just feel like the the majority of it turns a little more cartoony, given the the weight. I imagine they want to attribute to the subject matter. You know, so I was like, I don't. I, I it's hard to see things as gritty when the style is not as gritty like i i feel like those those covers you know the the francesco matina covers like those are still nice looking really cool really gritty but i um like i just i i wasn't like super keen on the the change in in art style you know like everybody kind of looks i mean even when they try to relive the agony of his paraplegia i guess it just doesn't i don't know it just seems too colorful or or too uh, I, I mean i can't think of any other way to describe it other than cartoony it's a very this the, the style is much more simplistic and so there aren't as many details and for some reason with the story of that the type of story they're trying to tell it just i don't know it just doesn't work as much for me i think i think it changes up a little bit like towards the end like but for the most part it it just doesn't work for me as much as the art in the first arc did, like you'd think, you'd think getting enveloped by Ultimo would be horrific, and it's just kind of like a a thing that happens, I guess. Yeah, um, like you know, well, like Leonardo Manco draws that one like West Coast Avengers reunion issue, but like other than that, yeah, he just does yeah, the covers. And then, so. and then, well, it's kind of I think it's very similar to that Robin series we discussed, where it's like you know the first arc. It's all um, Patrick, it's all Patrick Gleason like drawing it, but then the, the you know the second art it's some other artist basically, so it's like you know the vision kind of gets like lost, I guess. Yeah. Like the, the the tone and the vision, yeah. I mean, I I like I said, there there were things like that intrigued me once Norman Osborn as the Iron Patriot shows up and everything, you know, and I I, I guess the aspect of of. Uh, you know, using what Harry Osborne's birth to like sway the, the the Ultimo monster from from killing the entire planet, like that was kind of a, a clever twist on it or whatever, you know. And then immediately having him, you know, stab Rody in the back, like all that stuff, kind of kind of worked for me. But I I don't know, it just wasn't, especially given like like I again like you you already have a bunch of these extensive supporting characters and then you're you're going into uh you're gonna have morgan stark in it too and 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 then almost like the west coast avengers become supporting characters you know and it's just i i don't know just it does I mean, yeah it, it i mean just, there's, there's too much too much bullshit in this you know you can and, yeah you you could have trimmed the fat down to like i mean because it boils down to just you know roadie on trial and then you had you know aries come back so i'm you could have just had, you know, trimmed a lot of the fat, basically. Yeah. I mean, you know, there, there there's some aspect to it where, like, they, they're trying to play into that trope of these trials that don't 
will take a long time by having Rhodey say he doesn't want to waste a bunch of time. Like he just wants to be executed so that they, they get to the, the heart of the matter, which is supposed to be this, this group of what the, the senators, I forget what the fuck they called them. You know, they had some stupid fucking uh, soundbite name for them or whatever. And, and, and then like Matt Murdock comes in and like, uh, he, I think the idea was he's going to go work on that case. Well, the Bainesville 10, like that, that's the, I don't know, these 10 senators that are supposed to be the scum of the earth or whatever. But, you know, t- t- again, to me, I think, I think it all goes back to, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, I, I don't know, like, like to me, it's kind of like, if, if you think about it too hard, right? Like, like, is there going to be any balance to that? Probably not. I mean, it, it's probably just, it's going to be, you know, oh, they're, you know, to most people, they're like, oh, they're just like Norman Osborne. They're all scummy Republicans or conservatives or whatever, and they all deserve what they get. And, and that it just makes it very kind of like, you know, go down that, that where, where there there's decidedly an agenda. Whereas I think I like to me, I think I think there's some truth to what, again, Aries and Norman Osborne are saying about the the scenario. Like you you think you did some good here, but all you really did was, you know, not see the curtain in front of the curtain, I think is something he says, you know, and it's like, it's like that, that, that idea that like a lot of this shit that, that people get so worked up about is all just dog and pony fucking shows and tricks and nonsense, you know, to keep them distracted from what, what actually is happening in the world, right? Like, you know, and, and so, you know, I, I think the Aries thing, and this, this goes back to the first arc, I think, but one, one of the, the only notes I wrote down, which I thought was, was the most true thing that Aries says is, you know, he, he has this line where he says, they always hated me as the civilized always hate the warriors who protect them. And, and there, there's something about that that just rings like a hundred percent true. You know, and, and it's, it's like there, there, to me, it's like, it's interesting. There's like little nuggets of truth in, in, in there, here and there that slip out, right? That, that sort of work for me, you know, but then you've got this kind of cyclical hero story, right? So they're not really gonna, you know, it's not gonna end with Rhodey's death, right? Like, and, and, and he, he does, even though Norman Osborne makes the, uh, the, the people in the chair, the, we are the war machines, people look stupid for, you know, uh, a good number of pages. Uh, I mean, ultimately, I guess it's, it's, uh, Rhodey's, you know, Rhodey's book. So eventually he does turn the tables on, on Norman Osborn too, right? Like, and, and it's like, then, then it's like, not, not only do they take down, I guess the, the Bainesville 10 with their little techno penance stare, but, you know, it's like he basically is like, "Oh, I I got to make you look stupid, and now I'm gonna leave you with that as your your pain and suffering or whatever." I I don't know. Like it's just kind of like I I it cracks me up that he's got you know the 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 kill lists right, but then they, they you know because it's a comic and because they can't kill Norman Osborn, you know they 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 make some cockamamie reason about you know oh he's only killed like two or three people and he was crazy when he did it so. Uh, that 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 makes it all cool. Why we're leaving this one guy alive? It's cool in the school. You know? And then and then and then I don't know if this is something you wanted to get into, but they definitely have that Ronan Hawkeye that is of the the Bendis era, where you know Bobby's trying. You know, like it, it's ironic, right? Bobby is trying to convince Clint 
that War Machine killing guys is wrong. Whereas if you looked at that issue of West Coast Avengers we read, they were like completely 180 degrees yeah, like opposite uh-huh. from one another, right? So, yeah. so, so that kind of thing where you're just like, oh, does anybody read any fucking thing? Like, like uh, basically those lines probably, conceivably, if you were looking at the old characters, could have been switched. But to me, I, I think it's more indicative of that Bendisy problem of like, you didn't take any consideration for this, this dialogue or the characters that were saying it. You're having a fucking conversation with yourself and you're just putting it into the mouths of whatever character is fucking conveniently on the page. And that to me, again, that always falls apart, right? It always blows up in your face because that means you only cared about what you had to say, not these characters that you're supposed to be caretakers of you know well i'm i'm of two minds of it like uh, it's and and one like i hate i really don't like that bendis characterization of hawkeye like must kill norman osborne like he was like this this whole era but like i don't know if i'm gonna give if i should give greg pack shit for trying to remain consistent with what hawkeye was like in this era of comics like like I, I think like it's it's him playing ball with that, which which I I almost want to give him credit for, even mm. though like I, I guess like he couldn't have Clint you know be his usual you know Avengers have a code and we're not supposed to do these things like at this time because you know the Avengers were kind of like outlaws almost at, at that at, in in the dark rain or whatever, even though like I I think it's kind of fast and loose. Like I mean they're outlaws, but they can like you know run around willy nilly and no one tries to stop them or whatever like i guess in this but but um yeah like i mean i think mo it, i can fight enough where I'm, I'm gonna say that like clint is going to bat for Rhodey because him and Rhodey are you know friends so and like he's just in and clint is also going through a phase at this point where he's you know he maybe he's ever since wanda brought him back to life he's had a you know harsher attitude about that so he's willing to go to bat for Rhodey. so like i mean maybe it's in like it's maybe inconsistent with what he previously felt but i guess like i said greg pack is playing ball with like the bent the you know the bendis hawkeye who is probably like the a-list hawkeye at this time and place so like he's you know he's trying to remain consistent with that so like i i was willing to give him a pass on that even though i don't like that characterization i can at least i feel like he was fudging it enough that it it you know it it remained consistent so i mean all, all i can say it was it was nice to see wonder man before he completely went off the rails but yeah right uh-huh yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Other than that, I mean, you know, again, you know, uh, Ares comes back and is is one of the most interesting things about this. And I, I you know, and there, there's something about you know that whole Dark Reign era that I, I do think Osborne and and whatever characters, you know, th- those to me were some of the more interesting characters of those titles. So it was almost like you were you were reading the Marvel books to follow those characters and not the actual protagonists of whatever title you were reading at the time. Yeah. They would, they, like I said, the dark Avengers would all show up like willy nilly and whatnot, but 
I was going to say, it's something I thought was funny. Well, like you mentioned, like, you know, the flashback to how Rhodey lost his arms and legs and stuff. It's like right before, like, you know, that terrorist attack happens and he like gets wounded. Like he's he's hitting on this like blonde, cur- like female colonel. And I was kind of like, oh, I guess Rhodey like has a type because, you know, he, you know, eventually, you know, uh, has a relationship with Carol Danvers. So, like, you know, I was like, oh, OK, well, that's kind of funny. Like that's. Yeah, there, there, there is that aspect where if you're not, if you're not paying attention, right? If you just look at the art, you, you might think to yourself, if all you know is that relationship between him and Carol, you know, you might just think, oh, is that Carol? And it's not. It's some other army blonde who <laughs> he happens yeah. to be flirting with before he loses his arms but and legs. You, you mentioned him, and uh, this is something I didn't think worked, like the inclusion of Morgan Stark, because, like, okay, you can have, like, Morgan Star- Stark as an antagonist, but I feel like they don't realize it. They think it's, like, Tony, like, yeah. for a long time, yeah. and, like, a, like a, I don't like, why would they think, like, I, I forgot exactly where Tony was at this point, like, in Dark Reign. Like, I think he might have been on the run, yeah, too. Yeah, he was, he was on the but, run, because that was when he was doing the whole, uh, you know, he, he shaved his head and, and, yeah. and, and was, you know, going to people's like, uh, AA meetings and going, I'd like donated $2 million in your knapsack, but, um, there's an Iron Man armor upstairs and, uh, the, the, a bunch of people are going to like bust down the door like two minutes after I leave. Just, just, you know, don't, don't get yourself shot and you'll be fine. You know, like that thing. Yeah. And, and again, that ties into kind of back what, what I was getting at where they, they, they seem to be trying to tackle these very dark, very real world consequences that are consequenceless because the, the, none of the stuff that happened, like uh, War Machine going on the lamb, Iron Man going on the lamb, Whoever the fuck going on the lamb, they, they try to make it seem like, oh, this is, this is the worst it could ever get. Look at these fascist fucks and this is the worst thing ever. And it's like, it's like really bad for like an arc. And then people completely fucking forget about it because either it wasn't a good story or they were bored or, you know, it just fucking wasn't drumming up sales and they move on to the next fucking thing, you know? And it, it, I don't know. To, to me, it's like, I feel like if any of that shit had any weight or any legs, you know, like, like there would be some, some worthwhile consequence to that, that would impact the character, but shit doesn't work like that anymore. I mean, it's, it's a double-edged sword, right? You want, you want to have your, your character that you're familiar with and, and, and that is consistent with the character, right? But then, they also want to do these things that completely shake up the character and make things new and interesting and different. But yet they don't, you know, th- 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 that always seems like if it's this rubber band, like not fully realized attempt to do that because they know they can't. So it's like, then what, you know, because it's so, I don't know, that the half-assery of it is inherent in the execution then, then your your investment becomes half-assed too, right? Like, I mean, I don't know. Me, me, you know, I don't. I don't know if that's you know something like uh, super obvious to everybody by this point. But it, it's just you know, 
one of those things where it's like it's it's hard to get invested if you don't i mean when you when you're a little kid and you read some comics for the first time and and you know captain america gives up being captain america i mean yeah everyone knows he's done it like fucking 40 times by this point but you know that first time you read it when you were like fucking 11 or 10 or something you went my god like this is this is super serious and maybe for you know some kid if there were kids still reading comics it'd be super serious for them now but they're not so it it kind of you know i mean it's like that that argument sort of uh dissipates you know that the less the less uh readers you have and and the more uh you fail to attract uh, a new audience to the medium right like or or i guess you just use the stupid argument that oh all they're into is you know the movies or the video games and whatever in which case it's also equally pointless right like I, i don't know yeah, I get you. Like, there's the the self-contained nature of this series. It means it also is becomes like a lot of it becomes inconsequential. Yeah, so like, uh, well, that that's kind of what I was going to ask. Like, like did did they ever do anything with this supporting cast? I'm trying. This? I'm trying to think of. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what what exactly where they went from here and I, I think like you know obviously bethany like cabe showed up again like multiple times yeah, i mean like, i mean she's kind but, of an established iron man supporting cast but members so i don't I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if she she made a return and i'm pretty i'm pretty sure Susie endo like cybermancer showed up a couple more times like in iron man and okay. stuff like that but uh otherwise yeah i don't think the rest of them ever like showed up or maybe they were mentioned or whatever hmm. but like i said if i remember correctly like that iron man 2.0 and that iron patriots like series like kind of like you know didn't either had a different take on roadies like you know, childhood or backstory or just kind of like something incompatible, incompatible happened with this that like, cause See, they didn't read it. That, that's why I always get irate when people are like, Oh, do you see re- retcons every five minutes? I'm kind of like, so does Marvel. You know what I mean? Like, yep. like, uh-huh. like, like th- this, this series was a, a big retcon of a bunch of shit. And then, and then the iron Patriot series that follows it ignored this and did their own little, you know, hyper, uh, own little micro retcon of, of w- whatever aspects. I mean, you know, e- even just you bringing up the relationship with Carol, I mean, that was never a thing until fairly recently. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like, it's like at, at some points in the continuity, you know, Carol means like the fucking world to him. But then if you look at this book, like, She's not even a glint in the guy's eye, and you'd think that these other, you know, you'd think all these other stupid supporting characters would be like James Rhodes for life. But then it's like, was it for life? Did they did they stick with him <laughs> to the end? No, I'm sure Bethany Cabe went off and uh, uh, had adventures with fucking Iron Man or some other person like later on, right? She was she was um, in Dan Slott's Iron Man run. She was back to being like Tony's like chief of security or something. Okay. So. Okay. And I mean, and, and Jim Rhodes was like working for him again, too. So, I mean, like he, he they became they got folded back into Tony's like supporting. Right. Cats. right like right. so. But I don't know. I, I don't think Glenda or Parnell have shown up again after this. You mean, and I'm, you I'm mean Glenda, Glenda hasn't shown up to espouse uh, uh, frying ants with a fucking magnifying no, glass? To anyone no, else? no. I, I think at the, at the very end, Rhodey was like in one more person. And then he shot like Glenda. He was like, that's for all the ants you killed. <laughs> like my kill number. Yeah, you look at Glenda's kill number. It's like four billion three hundred 
million. He's like, I, I talked with, talk with, talk with Hank Pym. Like, 49 he told, ants. Like, he's yeah. like, he's like, he, me, you are, you are the, uh, ant Stalin or something. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like all the friggin' ants around ant man. They're like, kill her. Like, yeah, <laughs> we, we have souls too, Hank. This is bullshit. But yeah, like man, despite it, like I, like I, um, I, I was also gonna say, like I, I think you know, American Eagle, like I have a, I had a great deal of respect for him after he, like you know, beat the shit out of Bullseye and Thunderbolts, and this, this just kind of added to that too, yeah, like yeah. You know, like after you know he could, you know, fight War Machine sorta, so like, but uh, I mean, other than that, like this second half of the series, like I think you know. Uh, I enjoy seeing like the West Coast Avengers pop up, but like I said, I, there is like that element of like, well, Clint's his dark reign, like Ronan killed yeah, Norman yeah. Osborn self, so it's a little like like sour and like wrong. But I mean, it's and and I mean, Tigra and Wonder Man seem pretty normal and whatever, but like. Uh, I don't know, you know, like, you, like you said about Wonder Man, it's like, you know, well, Bendis is going to fuck over, like, Simon, like, in a few months, probably. Yeah. Though so that's kind of a shame, but yeah. I don't know. But, I, I mean, uh, overall, though, like, I, I, I did want to talk about the series because I did enjoy reading it when it was coming out. And, like, I like revisiting it, I do get a lot of enjoyment out of, like, you know, like uh, the elements we've talked about. Like, I think, you know, Ares comes across mm-hmm. very well in this series. Like, I mean, you know, Nor- Norman Osborn is always a fun villain. Like, I mean, yeah. even yeah. – like I said, even though like I I don't know when he found time to have this personal little like private feud with War Machine, like but whatever. Like I mean, what do you think of um? Do you when you think of like the persona of the Iron Patriot? Do you think like that's Norman Osborn's like identity yeah. or do you, yeah yeah? I was like, do you did you ever have a thing like with Rhodey taking on that like persona or like I mean. Uh, like, uh, you mean a thing like where I was like, "That's wrong thing," or yeah, uh, it feels yeah, weird yeah I guess so. Pro- yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, I mean, to me, it seemed like movie tie-in itis, and like it, it's interesting to hear people because you know there 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 is that there is that philosophy that argument of like that somehow you would magically sell comics if people that went and saw all these movies in the billions would walk into a comic store, which I don't know how they'd know to do that, but hypothetically if they walked into a comic store and and saw norman osborne as the iron patriot instead of roadie they would be confused right like that that's that's the 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 philosophy that some espouse right but like i'm i'm just kind of like the the market that they're trying to hang on to are either the longtime fans or the relapsed fans and those relapsed fans are more confused at half-ass attempts to tie into movies and or whatever they're currently doing than anything. In other words, it's funny to me, like, like it's like the, the philosophy is to like avoid turning off the clientele as much as possible. But to me, it seems like, you know, at every turn, there's, there's a bunch of things that are easily done to make, 
characters that conceivably should be recognizable, unrecognizable. And it, it's also funny how those philosophies have changed, right? Because, you you know, I, I was reading things and listening to old interviews and all this other stuff, and they talk about, oh, well, you know, Marvel and DC could never, like, kill their main characters because they have licensing deals and they're on underoos and the, the licensors would get mad if they did things like that and i'm kind of like wow like how how you know how much have the times changed because you know it's like you've got characters doing all kinds of kooky ass shit dying left and right you know being changed every which way from sunday being made recognizable unrecognizable whatever whatever you want to talk about right and it's like where are all these angry licensors you know what i mean it's like i don't i don't think they give a shit man like as long as they can sell shit you know what i mean like but I, I I don't know. It's like that that kind of stuff cracks me up. But I mean, I guess to answer your question, like I think of the Iron Patriot as Norman Osborn. Like even if they like 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 say they did a uh, apology extremis Marvel Legend armor or something like that. If they repainted it as the Iron Patriot, I would expect to. It would be nice to have like a, a Norman Osborn head to snap on him, right? Yeah. Like that's that's what I would expect, right? Like that's I, I mean, I, I mean, to to me, I think maybe you have the added advantages if you were, say, you were collecting the uh, the cinematic Iron Man line and you had that um, movie Iron Patriot armor, which is Rhodey, right? Well, then when he has a series, then it's like you're always saying you're like, oh, n- now that retroactively that figure has become quote-unquote comic accurate because now they've incorporated it into the comics so now it's what it's added value for you it's the value of the movie and now the comics i mean if that's the case and it makes you feel better about that purchase i guess good for you but i mean i don't i don't think i i mean what i think is interesting is that iron patriot armor is not there's things about it, like in the 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 context of the Norman Osborn armor, that I think are cool, but I don't think I mean you know even going back to the whole War Machine and Thunderstrike were outselling Iron Man and Thor thing. I mean, th- you know there, there's there's a reason why that particular War Machine incarnation, the whole like sort of gray and white or silver and and black or whatever you want to call it, right? That armor always has spoken to people on a visceral level there's something about it where it's it's got a shit ton of guns and it's got a cool look you know and and it's just something that people are viscerally drawn to it and 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 having roadie be the one who's who's worn that armor the majority of its existence you know like that i i think to me if i had you know for me being a customer regardless of any of these fucking movies i don't give a shit i really don't but but it, you know e- even that you could argue he's been war machine in more of these fucking movies than he was the iron patriot like what he was he was like the Iron Patriot in what? In Iron Man 3, right? And then that was it, right? Yeah. Like, then he went back to being and, War Machine. And even in this this TV series that, that we're sort of kind of tying into, right? Like, he's supposed to be War Machine in it, right? Like, so to me, I mean, regardless of all that... Well, like, at, the, at the end, in the final battle of Endgame, he kind of has, like, an Iron Patriot colored uh, armor. Okay. But I, I don't okay. know if he's, you know, I'm sure he's still technically, like... I, I think his Marvel Legend is called Iron Patriot for that okay. Endgame armor, but... Okay. 
But yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I, I, to me, like if I if I think of War Machine, like that's you know what I mean. If I think of James Rhodes, I think of War Machine. If I think of Iron Patriot, I think of Norman Osborn. But that's just kind of how I fall on it. Yeah, I, I did want to like at least mention so all the you know the spies and whatever. Like, yes, I would buy a, an apology extremists and Iron Patriot like Marvel Legends. So I mean. Okay. I was trying to think of other things that popped up in these like things that I would buy Marvel Legends of, and I it was like I wish that it'll never happen, but they could make an apology figure of that like Caselli like War Machine armor mm-hmm. that shows up in the first like thing, but that'll yeah. probably never happen. Yeah, I, I highly doubt that would happen. I'm still there's that part of me that that secretly hopes with all the uh, Captain Marvel movies coming out that at some point they either make like uh, a Carol in her classic costume and or something that has an extra head where it could be you know uh moonstone as captain marvel like like more of that dark avengers type stuff but you know i i i I don't expect that but yeah i think that the window is like past probably for that but and maybe like a classic marvel boy i guess would complete the Yeah, yeah, yeah but like you know I, again, I guess maybe the window is passed, but you can buy him as the protector. Like, uh, the, what if that, that? Speaking of flash in the pan costumes, it like, lasted you know, for two seconds and yeah, never seen uh-huh. again. Yeah, yes. but yeah, like, uh, like I said, you know, look, I, I thought about this because you know that Armor Wars cartoon is coming, cartoon a show is coming up, and you know they're also doing like an Iron Heart show, I guess. So, like, but oh, you know. Yeah, oh boy, you know. It was funny because, I, like I mentioned in that that Iron Patriot series, like it, it was like revealed that Rhodey has like a niece or something. And I was like, man, why didn't you make her like Ironheart or whatever? Like, but I guess they were like, no, like, no, dog, we got to make a new. Bendis has to make a new character that he can put his stamp on. And. But yeah, like, you know, despite my criticisms, I enjoyed rereading this. Like, I, I you know, I bought, obviously I bought the trade. So I that, that's usually a sign of stuff I really enjoy. And I mean, this is I mean, it's technically newer stuff, but it's like, you know, I feel like it's like neo classic stuff now, like a decade mm. later. So, like, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, uh, it's been it's been over 10 years. So, well, the, you know, like even if even if it's like not your favorite, I mean, I think this stuff is way better than like anything we've gotten in the last like five years. So, yeah, like, yeah. well, I mean, you know, d- to me, it's it's a touchy thing, like you said, because because it's, it's like that that thing about Wonder Man where it's like, oh, it's nice to see Wonder Man before they turned them into a stupid shit in the back of your head, you know where it's headed. And I think, I think there are, uh, elements of, of both those things in these stories where there's things where you're like, Oh yeah, it'd be nice if some comics were still leaning in, in this general direction where it was just about, you know, the, the story and the action and, and not too much, you know, not, not falling into that rabbit hole too much. Right. But then, you know, there, there's plenty of stuff in it where you can see it. I mean, the, you know, there's even a cameo from from the the current president of the era, like yucking it up about Rhodey shenanigans, and you're just kind of like, does that make any sense? Not really, but okay, it's there. 
you know, like, so it's like, you know, and it's like they, they couldn't help themselves, but they, they had to toss that in there to, to, to say like, oh, look, like he, he, you know, he's okay with, with releasing a bunch of diseased children from, uh, 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 camps, even though he sent them all there. I mean, it, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, you know, Marvel's, most of Marvel's staff and writers like political leanings. I always thought it was funny, like during like the Obama presidency that they did dark reign or whatever. It's like, oh, so he allowed Norman Osborn yeah, to I mean, that, take that, over that, the that, country. That's, that's, what, that's what cracks me up about it. It's like, I mean, if if if, if he's uh, if, uh, all that in a bag of chips, like shouldn't shouldn't he have just uh, found a way to to stop it all? But I, I guess I guess it was already in motion and it couldn't be avoided and the 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 public opinion and yada 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 and all this and and we wanted to tell these stories, you know, like so. Yeah, I mean, uh huh. Oh, what what was it like? Um. Uh, what was it? It was like those Mark Wade, like Captain America comics, where it was like Bill Clinton, like save the day or something. Yeah, or, yeah. yeah. It's like <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. If only Clinton was president, he wouldn't have let this happen. <laughs> yeah. But, oh boy, let's let's yeah. not get into that. But, yeah. yeah. No. But yeah. Okay. Well, thank thank you for uh, you know indulging me on this. Like, yeah, yeah. No, no. I mean, you know, like I said, I mean, it, it's it, like you were saying, it's it's you know, it's enjoyable to revisit. So I'm 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 happy we we could uh, shoot the breeze about these. You look damn good, Mr. President. But I'm gonna need that suit back. Um, probably because you're so fat. <laughs> nice. All right. So why don't you do our usual? Thing? If you have any comments, questions, and/or concerns, because you know you got major concerns, send your angry emails to fanholespodcast at gmail If you want to check out the backlog of episodes for comics, motherfucker, do you read them? You can check them out over on the fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. You can direct download them there. However, we can be found on all kinds of streaming. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spotify, and Amazon Music. And we are on all kinds of social media. Uh, you can uh, reach us on uh, Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram. And we appreciate all the likes, hearts, shares, and retweets that we receive. So, until the next time, this is Derek, Derek WC, my champion! Signing off. <laughs> My champion. Don't call me that. Don't call That's, me champion. You can't call me champion. Hey, it's Mike. Signing off. And we are all War Machine. We are all War Machine.
like Tony and Rhodey needed to combine their supporting casts into one giant supporting cast and then do so all can, of them so could can, be they yeah. could bore me for 12 issues. Yeah, right. They could all be different Iron Man armors and stuff. That, that's what I was kind of cracking up because I was kind of surprised. I was like, wow, they didn't make any toys out of any of these fucking things or whatever. Iron Man 1, 2... Well, at least, I mean, I was going to say, ironically, I think it's like the Winter Guard has had a ton of toys recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah like Ursa Major, uh-huh. Dark Star, and uh, Red Guardian, yeah. So you could, you could practically reenact this and then toss a bunch of crazy scrolls in the mix. Although, ironically, like, that is not... The Crimson Dynamo that shows up in that first arc is not the one I still want an apology figure for. I want an apology figure from that 90s Crimson Dynamo design that they did. Yeah, but... Oh, well. And what was... They made that Build-A-Figure of Crimson Dynamo, but it was like... I I don't even know what that armor was from. That that was from that weird miniseries. Um, There was, like, a, a Crimson Dynamo miniseries or something oh okay i don't remember did that was that i don't it was it was i want to say it was in the same era as this or at least you know give or take like you know two or three years in one direction or the other not ringing a bell yeah well nobody fucking read it that's why it's not (laughs) no one read it that's why of course we're gonna use this to make the design of probably because it was in like one of those Fucking video games or something. Here's my Sunday bet. You mentioned it way at the in the when we talked about the first arc, but that's my defining quote for Ares is uh, you know, I'm the god of war. Like every fight is my fight. Every fight is my fight. Yeah, rereading this made me want to dig out my Ares like Marvel Legend, like it's like really striking design. Yeah, yeah. That modern Ares, I guess. Yeah. Here's my Sunday bet. I read. I was gonna say like I, I. I don't think Justin liked it, but uh, there was like one of those like point one amazing Spider-Man issues out this week that like told a like kind of side story. And since this whole era has been dealing with like the Beyond Corporation, they mm. kind of had like a mini like next wave reunion. Right, right. I, I, I like, saw you guys kind of. Yeah, like, like I, I don't know. I just about it, it, it kind of spoke. Like I don't know. Like uh, like Monica Rambeau kind of like you know was I, I guess channeling like you know some of my own attitudes or something where she was kind of like you know you know I tried to be nice like and know what being nice like got me like it got me like run over and stepped on by Doctor Friggin Druid like so you know so th- when people ask why I have an attitude that's because you know like I tried being nice and then like you know she's she's talking about her and Machine Man are talking. And he's, she's like, oh, I keep track of everyone who was in Next Wave. Like, she's like, Tabby on that freaking mutant sex island. 